0: they stood in their place they read from the book of the law of the lord their god for a fourth of the day and for another fourth they confessed and worshiped the lord their god and that is nehemiah chapter 9 verse 3 and welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another episode of bridge radio and we're coming at you from the great state of texas i am your host abe w varilla and always next to me the president steve den hartog what's up everybody good to be with you again well, guys, uh, another episode, another week together. Uh, I'm so glad that you guys are here to uh, join us. Um, we're super excited to have a, uh, a new author. We've been getting a lot of new authors, so I really appreciate it. We yeah. have um, uh, James Coakley from Moody, uh, uh, Moody Bible Institute. Uh, he has taught there in seminary and undergrad, and uh, we're looking forward to talking about his new book, 14 fresh ways to enjoy the bible um, by moody publisher and the book is gonna deal with a lot of just technique how to get refreshed in reading your bible uh, it was really nice to go through the book um, there's techniques uh, there's I, I really appreciate him just being honest sometimes we just read our bible and we just want to go through it. And there's no freshness to our reading. Check it off the list. Just yeah. Check it off the the, the list. So he, he gives us some good example and techniques. So we'll be talking about that today.
1: And we really appreciate Moody Publishers, by the way, too. They're just a, a really good partner.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, They've been just great on just sending us authors when their new book. We we gotta we definitely have more authors coming on here. So again, thank you for Moody Publishing and all our other partners as well. Hmm. That uh, as uh, Crossway Reformation Heritage. Yes, and again, guys, we are here to provide uh, solid. Christian book by solid Christian authors. And I know Steve, you're really, really make, uh, that's really important. Make sure that people that we have on are solid. And you know, I know that you vet everything.
1: Absolutely. We just want to be sure that what we're, we're uh, producing here as a ministry and what we carry on our shelves and what we uh, study and our studies is uh, solidly biblical. You know, it's gospel focused, and we just want to make sure that we are we are learning and teaching according to the Word of God. So, yeah, we, we put a high priority on that.
0: Well, yes, absolutely. Um, just some update on the ministry. Uh, again, guys, we have Bible studies going on. We are still going through the Joshua study uh, and on Saturdays at 10 o'clock. We, uh, we have other uh, Bible studies going on. Uh, we got Discipline of a Godly Man. Uh, going on on Fridays at yep. noon um also but you can check the website for all those studies also we have our Spanish conference yes coming up November 11th 2023 at 9 a.m at Texas aM International Tamman U. uh so please it is very important to share that to uh, your uh uh speaking spanish-speaking friends and family and churches mm-hmm. uh we're gonna be talking about the book com- well it's gonna be from the book complete him but uh completo en, en el. Mm-hmm. Uh and we're gonna have uh, lord willing the book in spanish we will have the book we will have it we will have it we'll have the book out there uh this is the first time bridge has ever uh uh translated a book from English to Spanish mm-hmm. and if you haven't read uh Complete in Him by Michael Barrett repent and go read it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a great it book. Is. And also just a reminder to please download our app mm. at uh Apple and Google. Uh and again guys please if the Lord moves you to give to the ministry uh, downloading the app and giving through there, set, setting up a recurring transfer each month, if the easiest way. Again, guys, we'll take anything, a penny, a quarter, 50 cents, a dollar each month. Again, we can't do this without your help. Um, and, and we're here for you guys as we get an opportunity to use the money, to do these great things that we've been doing this year here at bridge ministry
1: and to serve just the, the surrounding community. Yes. I mean, when you just think in Laredo, Nuevo Laredo and the surrounding border communities, yes. there's easily a million plus yes. people. Plus all the missionaries that come from across the border. That's we're right. here to serve them. Yeah.
0: So. And and again, yeah. we got some exciting things just happening this year that we just can't talk about yet. We want to see how they come out. Mm-hmm. But we need help and and hopefully the Lord will move you in in whatever to give for us. And we appreciate anything. Amen. Well, guys, let's uh let's get this podcast started. Let's do it. All right. James Coakley has taught Bible at Moody Bible Institute for over 20 years in both the seminary and undergraduate school. He is married and has two children and three grandchildren. He's a frequent tour leader to the Bible lands and frequent guest on several Moody radio programs. He's contributed to the Moody Bible commentary and the Moody uh, handbook of Messianic prophecy. Jim, welcome to Bridge Radio for the first time.
2: Yes, glad to be on with your program. I'm excited <laughs> to, uh, to have a conversation with you about the Bible.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, Jim, are you still in Chicago? Because everybody knows on a radio show that I'm from Chi-Town, big Bears fan. So big are you Bears still fan. there?
2: Yeah, I'm still uh, living. I work, of course, at Moody Bible Institute, which is in the, you know, the heart of Chicago, but then I uh, live in LaGrange about, uh, about 17 miles or so from downtown, uh, but still in Cook County. So yeah, Chicago is where I grew up and uh, glad to uh, uh, be a part of the ministries going on there now.
0: Yeah, and I uh, when I was reading the first uh, part of your book and your in- introduction, and maybe we we'll, we'll talk about it. I saw your Proviso West High School <laughs> student ID from 1978, the year that I was born. <laughs> oh
2: wow! Yeah, <laughs> so, no, so yeah, I grew up uh, in the Chicago area, uh, came to faith uh, midway through my senior year. So just prior, uh, just after taking that picture that is in the book. Uh, and so, yeah, the Lord did a radical transformation in my life. And, uh, soon after I came to faith, I wanted to serve the Lord. And so I went off to Bible school, uh, got more training and then I uh, was involved in pastoring and now of course teaching at Woody now for almost 25 years.
0: Now that's awesome. Was it that Colorado trip you took that summer that just, yes. you saw God's glory everywhere in nature?
2: Oh man, <laughs> that and the. Uh, Canadian Boundary Waters uh, canoeing, so that <laughs> that's was right. a great adventure some summer. I just, uh, last week was up in Door County and reminded me a lot of the the kind of the wild and the wilderness and brought, stirred up a lot of memories.
0: Oh, well, that's absolutely awesome. Um, well, Jim, we are super excited to have you on today. Uh, we're going to be talking about your new book, 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible. And uh, again, um, one thing that just stood out in the book before we started getting in, it, it was like, wow, like I just love what you were doing here. And again, I'm going to give everybody a heads up who are listening. We're not going to be giving you everything about this book because we want you to go get it. All right. Amen. But, but, uh, but we will, we will touch on a lot of the topics in this book. So um, as we begin, uh, you said that the Bible is the most read book in all the world. But sadly, it is not read well. Can you please just explain that?
2: Yeah, a lot of people are very uh, much uh, wanting to hear from God, so they read the Bible. Uh, but they really don't have, uh, what I'd say, even basic kind of uh, techniques as to what they should be looking for as they read. So they read through it, but they get kind of lost in the details. They don't know what the, what's being foregrounded and what's being backgrounded. Uh, and so what I have just found over the years is just, just by being aware of some very simple communication techniques that all good communicators use, not just the, the Bible authors, but even film and literature today use these same techniques. And uh, that's one of the things I do in the book as I give examples in modern day film and literature of how even the, the things that we so enjoy from modern culture are using the same things that the biblical authors use. Why? Because they work. Uh, and if you're just aware of them it enhances your your uh, kind of uh, engagement with uh, what the biblical text is doing and you can begin to track what the biblical author is really trying to to focus on
0: yeah and um that was one of the things that really stood out me out to me when you um, in your first chapter called first impressions and uh, you gave an example of that Uh, First impressions are very important. Why? Because you don't give, you don't get a second chance to make that first impression. And I thought that was just really good how you're just starting off. Now, um, before we get any deeper, what inspired you to write 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible?
2: well just as i alluded to i mean i was been a bible reader ever since i came to faith in 1979 but oftentimes i have to admit a lot of those uh, bible reading times were kind of dull uh just kind of perfunctory just kind of checking off a checklist of wanting to read through the bible and uh, i mean I, I got great benefit from that but i never felt like i was engaging where the biblical author wanted me to kind of focus on. And so I now feel like I have a dialogical kind of relationship with the biblical author. I'm always, what are you up to here? What are you doing here? Why is this here? Why is this there? Uh, And so I'm very more active, because before I was what I would call a passive reader. Mm. I would just kind of let it kind of come into my mind, and I kind of just let it kind of, but I I never really was engaged. And I think part of that is I had a respect for God and His Word, I still do, uh, but I wanted now uh, to have an ability to have a conversation. Uh, Not that uh, I'm going to, in a sense, add anything more to the text. Uh, but I want to kind of listen to the heartbeat of what the biblical author is uh, trying to uh, trying to address. And now I feel like I have much more greater insight into that just by following some of these uh, uh, techniques and approaches that these biblical authors use as they compose their scripture, of course, under the influence of the Spirit of God.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um... I really do like how you say in your introduction, and and I quote, Like many Christians, I've had a very track record when it comes to enjoying reading the Bible. Some days are exhilarating, while other days are dull and boring. Throughout my theological education and even while I was pastor, I was certainly committed to read it regularly, but I often just powered through to check it off as a daily to-do list. I really appreciate your honesty in that. Yeah. Because it's true, you know, yeah. and, and, and we might have some listeners that are feeling the same way, you know, and, and we don't want to be on. Sometimes we're not honest, you know, or sometimes we don't want yeah. not say not honest, but we just want to say we're we don't admit that. Hey, we're just reading it through and there's just the uh, the lack of enjoyment or is boring. And I'm just like, oh, man, like that is so true. So I just need to read that part because it was just it just really just hit home for sure.
1: And
2: that's what I can I can guarantee our listeners just by even tracking just a few of these things will just mm-hmm. really exponentially uh, make your enjoyment level of reading the Bible just really pop, and uh, so they're not hard techniques. They're really mm-hmm. things that are simple, easy to grasp. Uh, But I just was unaware of them for so long. Mm. And I think after teaching now many generations of students how to study the Bible, I've learned a few things over the years, what kind of is effective uh, to uh, kind of uh, get a little bit more uh, into the text. And boy, it really is. Now it's really fun whenever I open up the pages of God's Word, because I already have a strategy uh, Mm. that I'm trying to already implement. And I have labels now for each of these things that are going on.
0: Oh, That's amazing. But, uh, Jim, can you give me an example of one of the ways you suggest that will maximize the enjoyment level of Bible readers?
2: Yeah, the the first chapter is the one called First Impressions. And I think that's the one that really kind of catapulted me into looking for more than uh, this technique. And basically, this is just what we call characterization. Hmm. And it's the way that authors, because they have to be limited in the amount of time that they have and space to to write about a character, they, in a sense, give a portrait of that individual up front when we first encounter them uh, in the text. And so what we want to do then is really simple. Isolate any first words that we hear them saying, even though we know they talked uh, before that time, but in the text, what's the first words we hear them say? Uh, any first actions, uh, what do we first see them doing? Uh, and then also uh, we want to look at uh, any physical descriptor. Uh, and so those three things are really the stock uh, of that a biblical author or any author has uh, to try to help the reader get a little bit of a portrait, a thumbnail, as it were, of what that character is going to be like. And lo and behold, just by using this on both major and minor characters, all of a sudden you realize that you already have kind of a, a picture, a portrait of what that character is going to be like, both good and bad. Mm. So, for instance, we look at David. What are the first things we see him doing? Well, he's shepherding, he's uh, watching flo- uh, flocks, he's a musician at the end of chapter 16, and then he's a warrior. And so the first three things we see him doing are shepherding, playing a, a musical instrument, and leading in war. And I can't think of a better first impression technique of David than a kind of sense, a, a leader, a shepherd, the one who watches over things, somebody who wrote many of the Psalms, and then somebody who was a leader in wartime and the whole Goliath incident. And so those first three things that we see David doing are going to characterize him the rest of the way, because he's a very robust character, as it were. Yeah. But here's what's interesting. The first words that come out of his mouth, Uh, We often hear, and we hear the motto, David is a man after God's own heart, and that is so true. We hear that echoed in the second part of a phrase that we hear coming out when he says, how is it that this Philistine, you know, can defy the armies of the living God? And we see that zeal and that zealousness for God, but what are the first words that come out of his mouth? What's the reward for killing this guy? And so we see then David, not only a man after God's own heart, but we also see him Also, with a little bit of selfish tendency. What can he get out of it? That's right. And that portrait of David really then flavors him the rest of the way. He is certainly somebody who is zealous for God over and over again. We see that repeatedly in his life. But we also see that he's also able to uh, be selfishly concerned about things like taking Bathsheba, somebody else's wife, taking a census. And so, those characteristics that we saw in that first impression. Uh, are very uh, pertinent for him the rest of the way. And so you can do this with Abraham, with Daniel, with Moses, with Esau, uh, with, you know, uh, even uh, Jacob and, and uh, uh, you know, and all the other ones. You yeah. can kind of do the same thing. And so all readers have to do then is just slow down when a character comes onto the page, even ones we already know, because we've already read the Bible, but isolate First actions, isolate first words, the quotation marks that we see come out of their mouth, and then just kind of ponder, okay, what does that reveal about them as a character, as an individual? And you can see, oh, okay, uh, because the author had to be limited in what he could or uh, say about this character, uh, we have to track and uh, expose what those little pieces of information do to help us to kind of track with them.
0: Yeah, and and that was just great going through your book. Not even realizing that we just read, you know, right. and not, you're not paying I'm not paying attention. Like even when you just said it, it's like, oh yeah, he did say that, but not really even thinking through what what he's doing there by saying that. You know, it's it's like we brush that over. When just David said that. What can I get out of it? You know.
2: Yeah, and sometimes we're just looking for content. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we realize the biblical authors are doing things with these texts, Mm -hmm. Uh, they're seeing, uh, letting us see things in a certain light. Letting us not necessarily be beat upside the head with this the straight line communication, but subtle ways of communicating. And, you know, any parent realizes that's exactly what you do with your children. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to kind of use subtle communication styles to sometimes communicate to them. And once they get the uptake, then they, they get along with the program. Uh, but not everything is, uh, you know, is direct. And that's the beauty to me of God's word. It can be direct, like the epistles. But the stories, the narrative books uh, are very hard sometimes for Bible readers to kind of get, you know, what the biblical author is trying to get at. But if you follow these things, then I think uh, you're, you're well underway to be on the right track. No,
0: that's absolutely great. Now, Jim, can you give me uh, m- just a couple more examples of literary devices that are used in the Bible and also in modern film and uh, literature? Uh, that you can share one with us. I know that you spoke a little bit earlier about that, but maybe we can get a little bit more specific here.
2: Yeah, I mean, so one of the techniques I call is beautiful bookends. Uh, The technical term, and I try to avoid technical Mm -hmm. terms, but the technical term is what is called an inclusio, which is where the beginning and end uh, has the same content. Uh, And so in modern film, uh, we have like, for instance, uh, uh, from several years ago, you have um, Forrest Gump. And the opening scene is a feather floating in the air kind of aimlessly. And then the last scene of the film is that same feather while you're sitting on a park bench floating around. And it's like it begins and ends the the whole movie. And that's what we call a bookend or an inclusio. Well, biblical authors uh, are uh, a lot of many biblical books have the same type of device where, like beginning of Matthew, you have uh, his name should be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so it starts with that with us theme. And then you come to fast forward to the end of the book. You get to Matthew 28, Great Commission passage. And what does it say? Lo, I am with you always into the end of the age. And so Matthew is bracketing his whole epistle with the idea of God with us, the presence. And then what you can do, though, is, say, oh, isn't that nice? It's not more than just a nicety, a, a structural dice. It actually helps you, the reader, to then realize and track oh, I should be looking now as I read through the middle of the book for how God's presence is foregrounded in the book. And now I have something I'm looking for you know, actively that's following along what the biblical author is wanting us to do. So just like Forrest Gump, why is that feather there? It seems like a strange object, but it's a representation of his life that flits from place to place, from job yeah. to job. And so it's a perfect metaphor for you, the film watcher, to kind of track that, hey, be uh, be watchful. You're going to be kind of uh, meandering around all through uh, this guy's life, and that feather floating around aimlessly is a is a perfect kind of bracket uh, for the whole film.
0: I can't get the theme song out of my head of Forrest Gump right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's that's great. Now, um, are there any other uh, who are discovering and championing some of the same things that you talk about in your book?
2: Yeah, some of these things have been around and known for a while, like uh, what I call X Marxist spot or chiasm. That's been, you know, kind of touted, but it hasn't really necessarily always filter to the masses, as it were. Mm. Scholars and, and people who read commentaries will sometimes see these things. I'm trying to make these things much more accessible to a wider audience mm. by not being overly technical and just giving examples of these devices and the benefit of knowing them. But I mean, like the Bible Project people, they do a lot with uh, what they uh, they call meditation literature, where they see echoes and and uh, kind of themes kind of repeated from story to story. Uh, so there are some people who are you know are starting to really uh, kind of champion this. So I'm not the only one, uh, but I'm trying to just filter it into you know, since I'm a teacher, uh, how to get the the word out to uh, to to the to the people. They give a general kind of. Uh, kind of overview of what these techniques are and uh, how they should look for them and what the benefit is, is once you observe them.
0: No, wow. That's, that's really good. Um, now, um in, in reading the strate- strategies espoused in 14 ways to enjoy the Bible um, works everywhere in the Bible, or is this limited to just a few books? Cause so there might be people out there listening. Like, do I use this strategies for, for everything in the bible or just some
2: places now some of the techniques i do admit uh are going to be primarily utilized mainly in the narrative type books because Mm. things like characterization or uh step up to the mic which is when a character speaks uh those are really only present when you have story or accounts uh like acts like the gospels like genesis and uh, joshua judges ruth and so those work but others like x marks the spot Uh, or Inclusio, uh, those are found in all sorts of Bible books. So some of them are more universal. Mm. uh, Some of them are more limited to, uh, to the narrative books. But a good chunk of the Old Testament and a good chunk of the New Testament, when you consider the Gospel and Acts, are written in narrative style. And those are the types of books that uh, people are more relegated to want to read and not just study. You know, like we when we come across epistles, we, we tend to kind of, you know, dissect each and every line. But when you're just reading through, you know, like a narrative book, like we read, you know, novels or things today, uh, if you just have awareness of some of these techniques that are more prevalent by in those types or what we call genre, the, the story-like uh, accounts, uh, we can uh, have our greater enjoyment in there. And uh, like I say, now my own personal reading is just really exciting because now I'm I have a series of questions I kind of go through uh, as I'm reading, so I'm more active, and that's what I'm hoping that our listeners uh, will be uh, feel more excited about having a strategy that gets them more involved uh, in in their reading as they go through the pages of God's Word.
0: So, how would you recommend somebody use your book, uh, as far as uh... Do, is it better to do this individually or in small groups? Like where where would you put yeah. – I, I don't want to give the answer but because I yeah, don't know. <laughs>
2: no. I mean it, it's going to be – I mean if you want to read it, power through it from start to finish, you are going to be drinking from a fire hose. I guarantee <laughs> it because I'm going to bring up example after example. And like I tell my students, they're going to be hitting their forehead like, why didn't I see that? Why didn't mm. I see that? Why didn't I see that? Uh, And so you're going to be, I think, uh, just really smiling uh, with a divine smile is to realize how much you have missed uh, by not being aware of how good communicators work. Uh, But I think the best way is, uh, you know, if you're doing it individually, you know, don't power through it. Read a chapter at a time. Slowly look at the examples I give. Look at the uh, for further study kind of text I gave you to kind of uh, homework, as it were, to kind of do that. But ideally, the best thing I think would be to study it in a small group, uh, get together with others or in your existing small group and say, hey, you know, we, we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount or Daniel or whatever in our small group. Hey, let's go through uh, how we can improve our Bible reading kind of skills. Let's take the next 13 weeks and go through uh, these uh, chapters and talk about uh, what the technique is, where we see it in the text, and I can guarantee then future Bible studies within the small group will be all the more richer because you'll have a common kind of way of looking at new things uh, to help your observation skills as you're studying God's Word together.
0: You know, one thing that we do here at Bridge is that we take the books of authors and uh, we've, throughout the years, have done small groups here uh, with the books um, from different authors that's one thing I recognized right away with your book. And I was like, this needs to be done in, in a group setting because of the questions that are going to come out through the techniques. Yeah. And, and I, and if you're alone, like that's no fun when you have these questions that are going to pop, like you're just going to be like, who do I call? I, 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 I so, um, that was one thing I was already telling the president. I was like, "Yeah, I think this is. I think this is one that we're gonna have to do here in a group and have somebody lead it." So that was really exciting. Just even opening your book, that uh, you know, you can get a group of, of men, a group of women together, and 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 just go through this. And 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 hey, let's ask these things. And, and I'm just like, man, all these questions that are gonna come up just by going yeah. through the technique. I, just, I was like, wow, that's absolutely
2: great. Yeah, and that's, that's really, again, that's what uh, makes me excited because that's why I, really, why I wrote the book is I want people to get more excited about God's Word mm-hmm. and we can do it in community uh, all the better uh, because, like you say, there's going to be the dialogue. It's like, isn't this cool that this is here? But look at the, not just cool that it's present, it's great that it's there, but what does this teach us about what the biblical author is driving at?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so all of a sudden you realize now, your engagement about what the, what I say the heartbeat of the text, your heart is beating with the heartbeat of the biblical author. It's not like you're imposing meaning or wanting to draw meaning out from your world, but you're trying to listen to what the biblical author and the text are saying, and boy, uh, then your application and your observations become uh, all the more insightful, uh, and then your application is based on something that is there clearly in the text and you have evidence to show it because you're you're, you're showing that these structures or these devices uh, are intentional and they are actually doing something rather than just being kind of a, a piece of parsley on a steak dinner.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. So as you're explaining the things that you in going through this book and figuring out what challenges did you encounter while writing the book? I mean, this is probably not easy trying to get all this together. I mean, I'm looking at this like, wow, I didn't even think about that either.
2: Yeah, th- I have many more I could have written about. So mm. sometimes uh, some got on the chopping room floor, uh, as it were. So choosing some. So I could theoretically write a father what value vo- uh, a volume uh, should the Lord uh, decide to, to direct me to do that.
0: <laughs> 25 uh, ways.
2: These are the main <laughs> ones. Yeah, these are the main <laughs> ones. Uh, But I think that the challenge is, you know, I'm a teacher. Mm. I like just a straight concept. Mm. Just teach me the concept and I'll apply it. Uh, But one of the things my editors, uh, when we were when I was composing the book said, we want more personal illustrations. We want more from your life. And it's like I push back against that at first. But now I really understand what they're doing. Uh, I, you know, I understand because I'm a human our readers are human. I assume so, unless AI is good.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we might have some, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but the idea is we want to see truth lived out through a person. And so, you know, there's something about that. Jesus was the same way. Uh, and so as much as I don't like to necessarily draw things from my own personal life, I just want the power, the principle to, to, uh, to kind of carry the weight uh, but nevertheless, I think it it, it is uh, making my wife even agrees that it makes the book all the stronger uh, by adding those kind of personal anecdotes and, and things in there. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so it's it's not I mean, it's it's a wealth of academic researches, I would say. Mm. But it's not at all geared just for an academic reader. It's really geared for the everyday Bible reader of every stripe. And so whether you're an engineer with advanced degrees, or you're just a brand new believer just getting started, uh, this book has got something for you. It's not uh, too high uh, to where you need to have a lot of understanding, uh, but you can, even if you do have that, it, you'll say, oh, okay, I can see how this would really uh, help my Bible reading really come to life. And that, that's that's my desire, my goal.
0: That's a very hard balance to reach. Yeah, uh, Trying to get, you know, that those two in the middle there where it's not too technical, but there's a practicality in reading the book that it's just like, I get this. I can apply these things. And, and I really appreciate books like that because, again, it, our listenership is wide range as well. You know, and yeah. I don't want uh, our listeners to be intimidated when they go get the book, right? Uh, I want you to pick it up. You know, go get in a group and, and 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 run through it.
2: And I do include a kind of a short bibliography at the end of each chapter. Mm-hmm. If somebody really wants to dig down deeper, oh, I really like this. Yeah. Uh, where can I find out more? So I give that so that there's some, you know, some further kind of research if they want to uh, do that. Another pushback was uh, just even pitching the book, you know, because uh, authors, including even though I worked for Moody, you know, they wanted to make sure, okay, who's your audience? Who mm-hmm. are you writing this for? And I kept on thinking, in my mind, well, anybody who reads the Bible, uh, <laughs> isn't that a, a, enough of, a, of, a, of an audience? But I get it. Now, most books have a niche, you yeah. know, you're writing to a certain market that, you know, because you've interviewed a lot of authors uh, over the years. Uh, and so I was kind of like, I'm not writing to a niche. I'm writing to anybody who opens the pages of God's Word. Yeah. And so uh, that was interesting kind of uh, dialogue. But uh, so I understand publishing a lot more, uh, even though, uh, you know, it was uh, kind of an interesting dialogue uh, in that uh, initial stages of pitching the book.
0: Well, I hope the, the people that uh, published the book get an opportunity to listen to this podcast because we are super excited about the book for sure. Um, and, and, and our audience is definitely uh, all over the place, you know. So um, and we have and we do have our Chicago listeners, by the way, because I do. do I, I, I do see when they, they, they listen to, to the my bar. homies. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um. What was your aha moment in writing this book?
2: Yeah, I think uh, you know, over the years, these things kind of say, Man, how come I never heard this before? How come I nobody ever told me when I read the Bible, look for quotation marks and just simply ask the question, why did the biblical author yield the microphone up to the character so we hear their own words? And it's like, oh, duh, you know, that's the idea out of the out of the mouth is the issues of the heart are revealed. Hmm. And so it's again, it's a characterization. But as we kind of alluded to earlier, I I was kind of thinking, well, I don't want this book to be just cherry picked examples where they're limited kind of uh, in terms of how they're used. And so I said, let me go through a book of the Bible and just show how they're at play. Mm -hmm. And so I chose the book of Daniel and I was floored by the fact that every 14 of these techniques is found in the book of Daniel. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, it's not the, you know, they're all there. Uh, Now some are stronger than others, but they're all present. And it was just another confirmation to me that, wow, uh, you know, a great book like Daniel has got these communication techniques. And boy, just by being aware of it makes that book come more alive than it already is. Uh, and that's really the, the the really kind of the focus I want is that uh, people will already who have a respect and a love for God's word will just see that exponentially increase by becoming insider information with how authors communicate. Uh, and it's it's really quite fun.
0: I love Daniel. I'm, I'm just thinking about Daniel's friends, uh, especially yeah. when, when we're knowing about Daniel's friends and their Hebrew names that we yes. first read about and then shifts over to their pagan names. Yeah. And we always, I remember always knowing them in their pagan names. And right. I was just like, wait, 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 hold on a second. Like uh, Hananiah, uh, Azariah, Hananiah, Mishael. Right what happened over here? Like just all of a sudden we're just, you know, mentioning them okay. and knowing them as their, you're picking
2: up on something that I think is a, another one of the techniques that's mm. called read the label. It's like just tracking what terms are used to describe a character. Mm. You know, like we have Ruth uh, and we first encounter, she is the daughter-in-law and she refers to Naomi as a mother-in-law. So we see her in all familial language. But then we also see the term used at a couple of places in the book Ruth the Moabites. Mm. and it's like, oh, we're playing the race card here to show <laughs> yeah. that there is uh, some distancing going on mm. that Naomi's got a, a real big problem to explain why she's coming back with a foreigner on under tow, uh, and so. Even Boaz at the end, in chapter four, says I, I acquire, uh, you must acquire Ruth the Moabitess. So he's throwing a poison pill to the closer relative to try to say, hey, are you sure you wanna marry a foreigner? Uh, and one whose husband's, the first the husband died? Uh, and so just by tracking the terms, you get to see how the characters view each other and how the author wants us to view the characters and the, the real life tension and drama that occurs in real life today, Uh, We see that uh, in the pages of God's word.
0: Yeah. And I think just even more so today in this moment in time that we're living in that I just think it becomes that more important when we are reading scripture that we are having these conversation and the details and, and just, well, look here, this is what is happening here, you know, and focusing on, on the scriptures and the word, you know, and, and even removing our own personal ideas and, or like you said earlier, imposing our, our 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 philosophies or anything like that into the scripture that's not there. But we can say, hey, look, everything that I'm doing, it's doing here in scripture. And I can point to, to it right there.
2: Yeah, you nailed that in the sense of now I have data that I'm uh, picking up the breadcrumbs that the biblical authors are are leaving for me. Hmm. And boy, does that give uh, more uh, uh, more strength uh, that you're that you're on the right track. you're in the right lane. Uh, you're traveling in the right direction when you're picking up what they're doing. And you know other other than that, I mean I've been in t- you know Bible studies and I'm sure in just even a personal reading where you're reading through it's like, where do I do with this? Where do I go? And uh, you kind of uh, left kind of floundering. but if you can just pick up on just a few of these things, then it's like okay, now I'm I'm getting directed, and you're able to then hopefully stay in the in that in that lane uh, a little bit more readily, and and not in a sense go off, uh, you know, kind of looking for things that are maybe not intended to to be there at all.
0: Now, don't you think that makes it very important to have them good teachers in in your life? You know, um, it, when you're going through maybe your book like this and maybe people who are more mature and maybe be able to ask, ask those questions as well. I mean, obviously they should read the book, but like even when you're reading scripture and you know, you have so many questions and um, that's, that's not what, fun. Uh,
2: yeah. I, I have a, a whole another chapter in there is kind of an, a, you know, kind of an additional thing about, you know, ways to just uh, improve your Bible reading, just, you know, read it in different versions, listen to it orally. Mm. Uh, but one of the things I think that is so critical you just alluded to is have a study buddy. Mm. uh i have somebody uh, when i'm reading a uh, you know something from god's word i can call them up day or night and just say hey i'm reading through this passage and i think this do you think that i'm on the right track and just having somebody a dialogue partner now i want the bible to be my dialogue partner yeah. uh by kind of tracking and that's why i have imaginary conversations all the time with <laughs> hey why is this passage next to this wouldn't you doing here by uh, speeding up uh, the clock here or slowing it down? Why are we reading about Abraham even though he lives 175 years? There's only 25 years that we really focus on, and then there's a 13-year gap. So we're only reading about 12 years of Abraham's life when we read through Genesis. It's like, okay, I'm not getting the full biography, but oh, okay. It's like what John said in his gospel, these things I've selected that you might believe. So the things that are there are important for us to, to, focus on, uh, and not necessarily the things that are not there, that maybe curiosity, uh, wants, uh, to have more information about, but if, uh, we just track what's already there and focus on that, then, uh, we, you know, we, at least, uh, uh, we're, we're tracking uh, more in line with uh, what the Bible I think is focusing on.
0: Yeah. One of the things when I read the gospels and we see Jesus doing ministry, you know, uh, out of, out in, uh, in Israel and during, in Palestine during this time. Um, and I'm just like, these guys are just doing life together every day. But when we're reading the scripture, you're just like jumping from story to story. And like, I was like, I'm like, man, I'm wondering what they're, they're doing as they're traveling, you know, from, you know, to Capernaum to, uh, to the, the other side of the, 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 the Galilee sea or the, the, the sea of Tiberias. And I was like, man, what's, what's happening? What are they doing? You know? And, you know, I always, I always wondered those things, even though scripture doesn't say, but, you know, I'm always like, these guys are walking, they're going to the next town. Like, what are they, what are they talking about during that time? You know? And, and, and I know that sometimes when we're reading the gospel, we get just little glimpses of things that are happening there that we miss.
2: And that's so uh, you kind of alluded to i think uh, kind of another concept i call it location 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 mm-hmm. that is where things happen why does we call it the sermon on the mount it's like if you've been to israel that northern part of the lake is like a sloping hill it's not really like a high mountain it's not mm-hmm. like that but we're in a sense invoking that mountain because of mount sinai the law given now jesus is giving new law And so the idea of things happen, uh, you know, epiphanies and incarnational things happen on mountains, the Lord appears on mountains, Uh, and so these things are all being kind of part of that story. Or, as you say, reading the Gospels, noticing the difference when Jesus is in a synagogue and he encounters resistance, but he often teaches more in the house. So comparing when he's in the synagogue, when he's in the house, a location difference, it's subtle, it's not in the the biblical author say, hey, pay attention. Well, I've now switched intentionally to yeah. Jesus in a house. No, it just happens. But then you notice patterns over time where Jesus is doing certain things. And it just, again, makes you an active reader. Uh, you're tracking, looking for patterns, looking for things that are being kind of communicated, albeit subtly. And that's why sometimes we're wanting it to be very direct and say, well, the reason why Jesus was up on the Mount is I want you to invoke the Mount Sinai. No, it doesn't happen that way Mm. uh narratives are are invitations to reflect uh and that's that's what sometimes is challenging but it also is rewarding if you realize you're if you're willing to, to, to to slow down and look for those things uh you can begin to see those patterns that are i think obvious uh once you begin to see them but maybe not so obvious at first because uh we're sometimes just focused on people places and events. Yeah,
0: that's why you got to go get the book. <laughs> so um what are I'm going to ask you two questions here as we start. I am already looking at the time. This, this keeps flying by. Like yeah, I was like, man, this, this is that, great. that was But um one, what has your Bible reading journey looked like over the years and what are the two main takeaways from your book that you want people to know?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think my own personal reading is, I mean, I fell in love with Jesus when I came to faith, like I said, as a 17-year-old, and I was devouring the Bible. But, Mm. you know, then studying it professionally as a student at Bible college and seminary, uh, you get kind of off track. And I began to just focus on what I call historicity issues. And I Mm. believe the Bible to be historical. I believe the Bible to be accurate. But I was just focused on those kind of things like data. Mm. But I wasn't tracking what is the biblical author trying to do with this data that causes me to to be more in line with what he has so all of a sudden the cain and abel story is more than just about a story about two brothers who don't get along and one kills the other it's really about you know how brothers should be responding to one another and so not just cain and abel but all of the brothers now and sisters relationship in genesis are problematic and even then when Moses, why does he include that at the very beginning of the Pentateuch in Genesis chapter four? It's because on the plains of Moab, they're starting to separate as well as brothers. They want two and a half tribes want to just peel off. And basically, I think Moses is subtly reminding them, it's not a sermon directly, it's through story, it's through the actual history that you are your brother's keeper. So Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe Manasseh, you get over with your brothers to help them conquer the land. Uh, and so he doesn't say it direct, uh, but he uses those brother terms and that story is kind of uh, being kind of tapped into throughout the, you know, throughout the the Pentateuch in, in rich ways that are more than just history level. And so I think the, the thing, if I can make people become more active in their reader rather than passive readers, uh, so just being engaging, having some very simple kind of uh, technique questions you know, why is this here? What's the structure of this? Uh, why is this uh, character speaking now? Uh, how does this reveal them and uh, their, their character, what their motivations, uh, and what does that speak to me? Those are all questions that are there. Uh, so becoming an active reader, but also just enjoying the Bible as literature.
1: Mm.
2: Yes, it's historical. Yes, it's accurate. But man, it is some of the best literature that's ever written, because now modern day films and literature use the same techniques that are yeah. found already in, in the Bible that have been there long ago. Uh, and so when, you know, uh, Obi-Wan says to young Anakin in uh, one of the Star Wars films, he said, man, you're going to be the death of me.
0: <laughs> then
2: all of a sudden, we realized that, oh, OK, and the New Hope and the first Star Wars film, sure enough, Anakin is the is the one who kills Obi-Wan at that last climactic scene in the Death Star. And it's like, oh, okay, that's a foreshadowing. And so those techniques that, you know, Lucas used in Star Wars uh, are the same techniques that biblical authors used, and they just are great uh, ways to just really enjoy the Bible. And I'm constantly smiling now when I'm, picking up on what these biblical authors are doing and uh, i think this the lord smiling right along with me said ah you see it now don't you and uh, that's the kind of experience i want all of our listeners if they pick up the copy of this book i guarantee you it will invigorate you in more ways than you think
0: yeah i am super excited to go through this book with my wife as well and i'm super excited uh if we get an opportunity to do a small group once once we finish uh, some of the other small groups that we do here at Bridge. But f- for our listening audience, if you cannot tell by Jim's voice how excited he is, he's excited. He has the biggest smile on his face right now. And I love it. I love it. Uh, Jim, um, before we end this podcast, um, you know, we have a worldwide ship uh, listenership worldwide listenership. And before we end the podcast, can you please, please share the gospel, the good news to our people around the world?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I love doing this. I mean, I like the phrase, if you are born once, you die twice. But if you're born twice, you die once. And so what that means is uh, we all have been born physically, but there's a spiritual birth that's needed. And that's what the John's gospel talks about, that you must be born from above or born again. And how do you become born again so that you only die once? That is, you only die physically, but not spiritually, because sadly, uh, there is going to be another death besides physical death and that's spiritual death for those who are not a part of God's family. And so how do you become a part of God's family? You put your faith and trust in him as your only hope of salvation. Recognize the work that he's done on the cross is sufficient to uh, pay the penalty for your sins. And just by asking him to forgive those sins and you uh, trusting in him, uh, you will then become a child of God. And uh, you can then read his book that he wrote to his children.
0: Amen. Jim, thank you for coming on Bridge Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, please go get the book, 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible. By Moody Publishing, and Jim, where can people find you if you want to be found? If people have some more questions where they uh, read your book, or somebody just has some questions as they go through the through the uh, a group study and might want to might want to ask those questions. But yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, uh, my email is Jay Coakley at moody.edu, uh, so they can uh, do that. I have a 14freshways.com webpage where I just kind of have some things I haven't put much up there besides stuff about the the book, but I may put some additional content up there at uh, some point. uh, So that will be another way to kind of uh, keep track. Uh, But uh, yeah, so uh, uh, just uh, hope to... uh, get people more excited about God's word. And if they have any questions, feel free to address me.
0: Well, we look forward to promoting the book here at the bookstore for our local audience. Please stop by bridge and get the book. You know, the section it's going to be in our podcast sections uh, uh, for our authors, please get the book. And if you have any questions, you can email Jim, but Jim, before we end the podcast, just one more, one more question. Your go-to food, right? Right. In Chicago, when you just want to eat, you know, what is it? What's the Chicago standard when you just need, when you have that craving and you just need something Chicago style, what, what's the go-to for you?
2: Uh, I mean, I certainly love Chicago style pizza, uh, but I also like sushi. So I'm very eclectic uh, with that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinder is a love history. It's right across the street from where the St. Valentine's Day Massacre is yeah. the place. They have a unique pizza, almost like a, like a casserole pizza yeah. but the mediterranean bread and the the salad with the dressing is to die for so um yeah chicago pizza and oven grinder and and good sushi uh, are on my on my uh, must eat list
0: yeah for for our chicago listening ship uh, audience you know you guys know about the chicago uh Pizza and oven grinder out there on Lincoln Avenue next to the Lincoln Park Zoo. Uh, Been there, I can tell. uh, Near Lake Michigan, you guys need to stop by there. It's definitely a great place to go to. Jim, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your day and spending the, uh, the hour here with us, almost an hour here with us. And hopefully we can have you back, uh, soon if you write any other books or anything else that you would like to talk about.
2: All right. Thanks Abe. And thanks to the bridge listeners and blessings on each, and every one of you and fall in love with God's word. Pick up a copy of this book and I guarantee you it will light a fire underneath
0: you. All right. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode with James F. Coakley, James Fred Coakley, on his new book, 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible. Guys, if you guys couldn't tell by his voice, I said it just right now. It was just absolutely exciting to just see his face, his smile, and, and, and just, just hear the passion of his book and just what has done for his Bible reading. And, and again, guys, I was really, really, really happy to be able to uh, go through the book. I'm really excited to see if we were able to do a small group. Uh, and again, this book is very, very practical and the techniques that uh, he gives you are absolutely, absolutely marvelous. And, and again, like you you heard in the podcast, these are just ways for you to just think about the things that are ready in scripture, right? Nothing is being added. Nothing. He's just saying, Hey, look at this. This says this. Let's think that through. And I really really appreciate that about his book. So again, please, please guys go get the book 14 fresh ways to enjoy the Bible by James F. Coakley uh, by Moody publisher. And if you guys have any questions, uh, he gave you guys a, a website that you can reach out a, a email. So please, uh, if you guys uh, decide to do this in a small group and you guys have some specific questions, I'm sure you guys can reach out to him and he'll be more than glad to answer that. if uh, Those questions. Well, guys, uh, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. And like we always like to end the show, guys, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my, not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful
2: savior, Jesus Christ to next week, guys.